This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is a special bonus episode of the Death by Incarceration podcast. My name is Spencer Daniels, and earlier this year, DBI was invited to a job fair in Philadelphia hosted by Reform Philly. I was able to conduct a handful of short interviews with some in attendance and the following are those conversations. Please enjoy. Okay. Right off the bat, will you please introduce yourself and tell me what you're doing here at the Reform Philly Job Fair? All right. My name is Christian Bailey. I am the C Campus Recruitment Specialist at CCP. Uh, C Campus stands for Child Care Access, means parents in school. And what it is is the program at CCP. It works for anybody. Um, and one of our main focuses is, is uh, I guess, the population in need, such as students, reentry students, students that have special needs. We help pay for childcare up to $1,000 per month um, for children, whether they're daycare, before and after school, or summer camp. How many people do you have in your program? I mean, so $1,000 a month, there's got to be... <laughs> so currently, we have um, 55 students. Um, well, that was the last time I checked May 1st. So, you know, after when we did, we'll probably do another uh, count uh, July 1st. But each year we have a cap of up to 79 students. Okay. So well, we're actually, we're begging to give this money away. <laughs> where, does the, where does the funding come from? The Department of Education. Okay. So it's a federal grant. Students don't have to worry about paying it back. They don't have to worry about it's What, what I love about the program is it's, it's a few qualifications. They have to be Pell eligible, um, be at least part-time. So that's six credits for most students three for nursing and allied health and they have to have the student be they have to the child has to be a dependent on their family. But other than that, that's it. They sign a contract with us once a, uh, a semester and that's it. And they get child care as long as they qualify throughout the year. And so there's no other stipulation this isn't specifically for people returning from prison Correct. or uh, veterans. This is open to anybody. Correct. Okay. So but that is the thing though that you know People returning from prison, we have veterans and then people like I, I work closely with SWAB. SWAB works for the Center for Male Engagement and we try to work closely with each other with all everybody, all the we're all under student life. And it's basically just trying to make students' lives as easy as possible because especially in this time, like people if you don't work in higher education or you're not taking classes, this has been a really difficult time for students. These yeah. past for two, three years. I don't even want to say why, because I don't even I don't like saying it anymore. I'm hoping we can get over it. We don't need to. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is interesting because you know I've talked to people today about 
the hurdles mm -hmm. that, that people have, you know, returning from prison, what, what kind of hurdles people face. And it's things like uh, it's housing, mm -hmm. it's uh, transportation. One of the things that has not come up is these pe a lot of these people have, have, have children. children. They can't go look for a job if, if they don't have child care, not, let alone have a job. Like they, they can't look for a job. And so I think it's I think it's a it's a really important piece. And even on the flip side, let's say you have uh, we're going to call the couple John and Mary. John is incarcerated. Um, John is incarcerated for about a year or two, and Mary is holding it down. Mary's holding John down, and they have a child together. Mary can't afford to go to class because of childcare. So you have Mary could use it, and or John could use it once he's out. Right. So it's a program, like I said, it's it's something you don't think of, but mortgage. I mean. Childcare in this day and age is about the same price as a mortgage. We have one. Mary and John. Mary and John. And uh, then, either either one of them can can use the the oh, service. I was basically the last thing was saying. Um, a lot of people also don't understand unless you have children. Uh, Childcare in this day and age is about the same cost as a mortgage, if not more. We have a parent that we were just recently working with that their um, childcare costs, and mind you, this is a state of the art center, but still four hundred twenty five dollars a week. <laughs> That's seventeen hundred dollars, give or take a month. So yeah, it just it doesn't. It's that's tough. It yeah. makes it really tough. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to see that there's uh, you know other other issues that are that are being handled. I know that mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of stuff here. We've got the barbers. Mm -hmm. We've got the uh, the suits. Something like childcare is is a really important piece of it. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know it's all a because I hate the fact that. Um, uh, like, this is something, although, you know, not directly, this is something that still work. We have a lot of family members that have been reintroduced in society, and thank God they have, you know, our family that we can wrap around with services, but everybody doesn't have that. Everybody doesn't, you know, and it, it's sort of a pipeline, the way the the um, society works. You have these people, they come out, then, like, I have a friend now, He was. we were just talking the other day, he asked him if he wanted to go somewhere, and he said, I don't have any money right now, and I'm like, you just got paid. I had to give half of it to my, my PO. So then you have them, they can't get a job because they have this and that on their schedule. They don't teach them lifestyle skills. You have people that's been locked up since they were 16, getting out at 35, and you expect them to come into society as an adult, not with the still 17-year-old mind, right. because you treated them jail as a punishment instead of reform, reform. Or, or rehabilitation. Yeah. So I can go on all day. but No, that's, <laughs> a, that's, that's a, a, a theme that has come up a lot today is that the, the system isn't concentrating enough on reform and rehabilitation. Correct. Um, and so, yeah, it's this, they, people get out and the cycle just continues because there's no way to get ahead. Correct. So, so. all right. Well, hey, I, I really appreciate you sitting down for a couple of minutes. Thank you. Okay, if you would, 
Please tell me your name and uh, what your position is here. My name's Carmen Perez Jordan. I am the Chief of Staff at Reform Alliance. I am the project manager of uh, the job fair. So I've been helping lead it along with an internal team at Reform Alliance in partnership with Hire Philly. That's great. It's, I mean, it's amazing having this platform, uh, this where so many different businesses and organizations can come together under one roof and, uh, and try to get people back into the workforce. What did it take to put an event like this together? It took a lot of coordination, collaboration, forward thinking, um, resources, um, and buy-in from the community. You know, we had to make sure that the community wanted us here. And so we put people out in the streets to do outreach. We also um, made sure that we collaborated with community-based organizations. Uh, Reform Alliance does have um, groups here on the ground in Philadelphia that we provide support to, um, as well as as long as it's aligned with our legislative, you know, um, kind of like session. Um, so it just kind of takes a lot of people to really think that it's possible. We put it together in three weeks. Um, some of us have been doing outreach to the community before that, um, kind of planting the seed of this job there. But the work really started three weeks ago. And so we are really um, grateful to the community that came out. We are grateful to the employers and all the community-based organizations that showed up and said we want to create this opportunity. Um, and it's also aligned with our mission. Reform um, is, a, is an organization um, that was founded um, in, you know, through the movement or the after, you know, after the movement of Free Meek Mill. Um, right. Meek Mill right. is one of the co-founders. Um, and so, you know, we're back home. Um, it's full circle. We're here um, and, and making sure that people knew that we were going to, you know, live up to what we've been saying we were. And part of our mission is to create uh, pathways to opportunities and well-being. And so this is just one of the ways in which we're doing that. This is Im impressive to have put this together in three weeks. I would not have, I would not have thought that. Yeah. So you talked about the, the different companies and the, and the organizations. What, were there certain stipulations that these businesses had to adhere to in order to, to take part in this event? I think we really wanted to welcome the community that was impacted by either probation, technical violations, parole, you know, um, second chances. And so um, we also wanted to make sure that people uh, who were going to be employers coming here had jobs to offer individuals. And so what I've heard from people is, you know, somebody had just gotten fired last week and then here they walked away with four different offers. Um, so for us, it was just, you know, we didn't necessarily have these stipulations, but we wanted to have these agreements with the employers um, to let them know that we welcome people with second chances, you know, trying to provide second chance hiring. We also wanted to make sure that people were offering real jobs. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's very important. I mean, there, I've, I've done the loop a couple of times. I've seen some, there's some great employers here who appear to be hiring from for really good jobs. This isn't just minimum wage jobs sweeping a floor somewhere. These are, there's some, there's some significant work here. Of course, yeah. I mean, we got Amazon, we have, um, you know, the 76ers. The, the 76ers, Fanatics, 
um, there are just, you know, and, and we're really also grateful. Some of our board members are affiliated with those employee employers, and so they came on board. They supported Mike Rubin. You know, big um, thank you to him, to, you know, Meek for also supporting, although he wasn't able to attend, but also was really uh, wanting to share this with his community. Um, and so it wouldn't be possible without our board. Um, and so it takes everybody. Right, it really does take everyone. I think all of you being here, being able to pro broadcast live, share with the audience, like, hey, this is what's happening. Um, come and take advantage of it. You know, there is just so many people. Um, there's art programs. There's organizations that are providing. I think Ur the Urban League of Philadelphia is providing housing um, information. We got MBA Justice Coalition as well as Philly Counts. Um, that's providing uh, voter registration. So there are organizations here that are doing phenomenal work in the community, and these individuals, as you can see, are signing up to access those resources beyond employment. Yeah. Um, can I say something? Yeah, please do. Please do. You know, I, I think that for me, I remember being in prison. I served 30. For me, I remember being in prison. I served 31 years at a life sentence as a juvenile life. And I remember when this organization was formed. And I was sit I was still sitting in prison in 2017. I came home and they asked me to go back into prison to speak. Like maybe a week, two weeks after I was home. And the first prison I went to was Chester, PA. And the first person I seen was Mick Mills. And I was like, damn. You know, and then I come home, a year later, I get a technical so-called technical violation it took me back to prison yeah i mean look probation is a trap it it's is a, it's got a revolving door many people you know we're, we we those of us that work in this field are trying to you know figure out whether or not you know back in the day when our uncles and our and our older brothers were being taken right around your age um it created a pipeline to poverty now we say like you know at the end of the day, there's no economic, um, there's no economic mobility in our communities, and so people are now revolving back into a door that is endless, and so that's what we're trying to create this job fair to create economic mobility, access to opportunities, access to community resources, and to allow people to know that you are not going to be defined by the lowest thing you've ever done in your life. Right. Here, we're gonna receive you with love. We're gonna either, if you don't get a job, you're walking out with a, a haircut, you're walking out with your makeup done, a resume, a, a mock interview, a new jacket. <laughs> you saw people walking out with their coats. I was like, yo, we giving out free coats and we ain't trying to take them home. Please access this. And if not, or a business card and a headshot. And I think one of the, the things that we decided to do here that we didn't do at Madison Square Garden was actually provide a healing space for people to meet with organizations that are providing healing and mental um, health work and also to kind of take some time to just sit, right? We don't get to do that ever as we're out grinding, trying to, you know, make sure that um, we can uh, get the next meal. And so I hope that people took advantage of the resources, that people saw um, that they actually um, aren't going to be defined by the lowest thing they've ever done, right. and that we're also here to interrupt that revolving door. So I just hope that Death by Incarceration podcast could continue working with y'all, 
I mean, this is what we all about. Like I said, I'm a formerly incarcerated juvenile life for 31 years, came home and decided that um, these people wasn't trying to give me a job, even if I got three degrees. Yeah. They wasn't trying to pay me what I'm, what I believe I'm worth. Yeah. So I just came out and created my own podcast. Yeah. And fortunately, we won the biggest award in the country. Yeah. Which is the Pulitzer Award? We won that. We won the ADA Award. But a small podcast is started in prison. Yeah. Recording phone And calls. I think it's because we are, you know, the movement. I I've been in this work for 27 years, and um, I know I don't look it. Uh, but I started when I was really young. I was I was about 17 years old when I started doing this work. My sister uh, had been. Um, you know, she had been uh, buried on my 17th birthday. Her and I were a day apart. And my brother was on probation for 40 years, right? So this is personal for me. But what I will say is that we believe people deserve second chances. And so the landscape the, is changing. Companies are actually hiring people because what we do know statistically is that people who have are either on probation or parole are accountable to a probation officer or a parole officer and are more likely to stay in their role in a job than people who are not accountable to anybody. And I will also say this is the fact that a lot of people don't realize that people who come out, right, want to provide for their family. They don't want to go back. And so that's why we need to give people who have a conviction, who are on probation and parole, an opportunity to get a job. So one last question. I got a, I got a question. We, okay. This is not the last well, my, one. My last question, Amal, is Reform Alliance in the near future going to be involved with considering at least advocating for parolegibility for lifers? I mean, that's an advocacy question, right? Um, I don't work on the advocacy side, but I'm... I'm Assuming that's the, the way in which we're rolling, right? I think we're passing policies in different states. Um, now we're working on a com on a on a um, county level, right? Not just on a state level. So we're also trying to, you know, gather the data, try to figure out what's going to work. Um, and so I hope we do move towards that direction. But that would be something more so that our advocacy officer Jessica Jackson could answer for you. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, the work that we do is incredible. We got to see, I mean, 41 employers came out today. 2,000 people were registered. Um, we had 12 community-based organizations. And we had a lot of hope and a lot of people feeling a lot, of be a lot better than when they walked in. And so, again, if you don't leave with a job, you're at least leaving with something else. Yeah. And your name is? My name is Carmen Perez-Jordan. And, and you I represent am, what? I represent Reform Alliance, um, and I represent the community at large because I am the community. Carmen, let me ask you this. What is next for Reform? Two-part question. What is next for Reform, and how can Death by Incarceration podcast be involved with whatever that next step is? So we're going to continue to produce job fairs. Our next uh, state is going to be Atlanta, um, or sorry, Georgia. And... Um, and we're also continuing to pass uh, laws in these states. Um, we're going to do some implementation work. Like I mentioned, we've passed 13 uh, laws in eight states, um, and we're going to dig deeper now. And so digging deeper is providing this type of opportunity in those communities. Well, I hope that, that you will consider having death by incarceration uh, be a part of any of those, those next steps that come, those next states. We are mobile.
Okay, well, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank, thank you for all that you do in the community. Oh, I yeah. appreciate and it. big credit to you for what you put together. In three weeks, this is this is phenomenal. Thank, thank you, you so thank much. Thank you, and partnership with Howard. And, I, and I, wish, I wish that when I came home, I had these type of events. It would have made it easier for me to get a job. Yeah, and you know, we had a, a phenomenal story out of um, Madison Square Garden. A man had served 27 years. He was invited by one of our fellows um, who also served a long time. He served 27 years. He said, he told his, his friend, come over, there's a job fair. And he was like, ah, I don't really know. They're not going to hire me. And he walked away with the job that day. Incredible. So it's it's possible, right? It's possible. So anything is. We travel to Atlanta too if you invite us. <laughs> all right, all right. Thank you, Carmen. Thank you. All right. I am here with the creative director and senior art consultant of the Morton Contemporary <laughs> Gallery. How are you doing today? Doing Kim good. Pepper. <laughs> good, good, good. Tell me tell me a little bit about why you are here today. We are here 100% to fully support Suave Gonzalez. Um, Suave walked into our gallery almost three years ago saying, hey, do you want to see some of my work? And there's one of a million that comes and does that every time. And you see his work and it's wonderful. But he kept coming back and we learned more about him and his story. And his story is just something you don't hear very often and we signed him and he is just one of the most remarkable people we've ever met and so he gathered all of us here today he made you come made us come. well <laughs> yeah a little bit <laughs> has i mean has that ever happened before someone just comes in off the street i, I don't i don't know how signing Maybe. someone to a gallery works it it, it never happens like that i want to say people try it all the time but it never happens what happened with suave has never happened in my i've been doing this for about eight years he's one of one of one <laughs> he's one of one for sure so uh, how many pieces of his do you have up in your gallery right now so right well he he keeps producing more and more and more we are in the gallery currently we have about 30 some local and international contemporary artists so he's one of many and he hasn't done, we're do, going to be doing a solo show with Suave in October, November, um, Death by Incarceration, where he will be producing a body of work. So right now what we do with him is a continuous flow. He creates pieces constantly for me. Um, right now I brought 12 of them with me here to show. But when we do the solo show with Suave, hopefully with Ashley Biden involved, <laughs> um, we'll be doing an entire body of work, which will probably encapsulate 24 to 30 pieces. Well, and let's talk about that because we had Ashley Biden here a little bit ago, and there seemed to be uh, something brewing, possibly, between so. Suave, between yourself, Ashley yeah. Biden. Uh, how cool would that be? Talk it about that a little be, bit. I mean, what Debbie Morton and I try and do with the it, the more philanthropy work, the more involved in our community we can be, the better. We don't just want to be here. So many people do. We don't want to be here to sell our work. We want to have a cause and a mission behind what we do. And that's why we were so supportive of Suave and his mission. Because so many artists don't have that. And which is, they have their creative flow and their creative energy and, and what their style is. But Suave, everything he's been through and everything he does goes into his work. And so if we can 
in some small way incorporate that into what we do and help at all. So prior to three years ago, prior to Suave, was the was the gallery already involved in doing philanthropy work, or is it sort of evolved with him it's coming into your orbit? Him. We've of course tried any political support we can do. We're very involved with encouraging people to vote, and um, we are smack dab in the center of the neighborhood of Philadelphia. So any LGBTQ causes we can support, we've always been a part of that. Um, but. Suave has kind of been that just driving force where how can we not want to help with what he does. So. And now this this is be, this has become a cause that you guys are, are very... Super passionate about. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So. Um, what else? <laughs> you interviewed Aloyas earlier, I know. I did. Another one of our artists. Yeah. Who is also getting us very... He's part of the mural arts program as well. Well, and he had a connection to the Bidens. Yeah. It's such a small world. It is a it's really like small world. We're finding, we're finding that out today. Everyone's little connection. Yeah. So. Well, that's really cool. Um, so what do you, this, this job fair, do you think that, uh, do you think that we can do more of these? Do you think we can do other events like this that will, let me, let me ask it this way. What type of other events would you like to see in the city of Philadelphia or nationwide that might help people uh, returning to the workforce. This may not be your, your specific area of expertise, yeah. but just someone who's... I think for us being here, what we were just discussing before I sat down with you was this wasn't so much for people applying to work with us by any means, but being inspired by Suave and by his story, just the inspiration to get them. They saw what Suave could do and were just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Everyone was just... The fact that he won a Pulitzer, if you like, between when we met Suave and today, how inspiring he is, and I think that's what people need to see more of. Like, we could do job fairs all the time, and, and without hiring, but just giving that. Sto it's all about the storytelling yeah. and getting yeah. people aware. Yeah, we've got people who are in some marginalized communities. You may have the next great artist out there. Exactly. And you show up at a place like this, and someone yeah. may just may discover yeah. an another it's Suave. Come tell your story. Absolutely. Anything is, clearly anything is possible. <laughs> well, I just I want to say thank you very much for, for being here. Thank you for being uh, a big supporter of Suave and the podcast. And thank you for taking a couple of minutes and talking to us, thank Kim. Thank you, Spencer. So nice meeting you. You too. All right. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this special Death by Incarceration podcast. Remember, education and employment are some of the best tools in fighting recidivism. Find us and follow us on all social media platforms and keep listening to the podcast. Thank you to Glassbox. Thank you to Crawlspace. And this has been a DBI Media production. That's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Bye.
This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.